so this is the first segment of the Film Buddies interview series, and we're starting with Michelle, who I met on set of a short film a couple years ago now. So yeah. how have you been, and what are you up to now? I'm good. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is really exciting. I listen to podcasts all the time, so I think this is my first time being on one, so I'm pretty excited. Like, um, welcome, welcome aboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's been it's been crazy. You know, it's quarantine life in New York. But um, but yeah, we we met on the short film Inequality, as you mentioned. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of trying to do the whole actor thing and keep the hope alive and get projects off the ground in any way possible while being in quarantine. So yeah. I, I do see a lot of auditions still happening remotely, but I'm not really seeing what those are turning into, whether it's like a remote commercial or, you know what? I just see like, we are still doing auditions, but but I don't know what the industry is really doing. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, been, <laughs> there's been some remote um, auditions for like remote projects where they would like send you some lights and tell you over Zoom how to set up your whole like commercial thing and basically do the entire production on your own. And those have been interesting. Um, I think like there's a lot of um, added pressure for actors to like really perfect their home studios. And then there's been a lot of voiceover auditions. That's been mostly what I've been doing. Um, So it's really interesting. I think everyone's kind of waiting though for them to like book projects that they can actually go to set for because going to set is like the most fun part in my opinion and it's like that part's missing even if you do like a work from home commercial it's just not the same yeah the energy is totally different from even uh I was working for an ad agency through like the first half of this quarantine and we like trying to set up those remote shoots is so hard and trying to be like (laughs) we've sent sanitizing wipes so you can make sure, you know, everything's clean. And, (laughs) and it's like, it's just very strange times to try to make shoots happen from home. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely looking forward to being on set, you know, next year, I think is probably when that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for (laughs) theater, they just said it's not opening until 2021, at least for like Broadway. So we'll see. Wow, that's kind of a surprise since movie theaters are opening at half capacity, but I guess Mm -hmm. because the actors on stage would have to be so close together. Maybe that's the reasoning. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That or tickets would have to be so expensive, I guess, to make a half capacity worth it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, So, since we met on set with you as an actor, we'll start with that as your role how long and have you been acting and did you start in New York or did you start somewhere else and then come to New York yeah um so I I grew up in New York um so it I think I was really lucky with that I think it's something that when I think back on it I was like okay I didn't have to like pick up and leave my family and move across the country um so I'm really grateful for that that's been super helpful (laughs) Um, But I started in community theater when I was like 12 years old, doing classes and musicals and all that kind of stuff. And I was always more drawn to on camera because I think I was just in love with 
movies and TV. And my family was pretty obsessed. Um, and then I'm not much of a singer either. So the musicals, I kind of was always in the ensemble. And I always got like the acting part that had lines and no song. So um, I think I kind of like knew I was inching towards wanting to do on camera. Um, and then when I was 18 and I didn't need my parents permission to do things anymore, <laughs> that's when I started to um, kind of like try to find ways to do background work. And I was always like looking up books and resources and trying to learn like, how do you get into this business and the on-camera side? Because I think there's a lot of information on theater and mm -hmm. for on-camera, it's kind of like this unknown territory of like, it's almost impossible, it feels, to reach it. Um, so I just kind of started by educating myself and putting myself out there. And then I went to college and I did the whole like make your parents happy thing. And I majored in journalism, which was kind of my hint of being like, I want to learn how cameras work. And being like a newscaster is similar to being an actor because you're in front right. of <laughs> so, um, And then I minored in theater in college. So I still like took those theater classes. Um, but really it's like all through college and afterwards, I kind of was like going to New York City, taking on-camera classes and just trying to get like any audition I could, um, whether it be commercials, TV, film, short films, student films, like anything that I could do to just get experience and get on a set. Right. Build the, build the real so yeah. that you can show people, I, I know what I'm doing, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel, so since you knew pretty young and it wasn't really till, I guess, college when you could f focus on it as more of a hobby because you're going to school for journalism, mm -hmm. did you like act throughout, did you act in college productions or you were just like, I'll do these little side things while I'm taking classes and see how it goes? Um, so when it came to college productions, I think because I was a theater minor, I kind of was like out of the circle in terms of being in the college shows. Um, and then I was part of this community. I went to Rutgers University and they had this floor um, called RUTV and it was like a television station. You had access to cameras and equipment and all this stuff oh cool so i was kind of surrounded by creative people and we would just kind of write and make our own like sketches and short films and it was just constantly like hey i want to make a film at midnight on a friday and then you would like grab your friends and just make something yeah. um so i think that was ended up being most of my experience and i got a little like all those awkward acting kinks out of the way i think um in the very beginning of just kind of like having fun and making films with friends. And that was, I think the most helpful and it wasn't even part of like a structured college format. It was just kind of um, having someone give you the permission to create stuff. Yeah, I think I like I went to school for film but I think that I learned more trying to make shorts with my friends, mm -hmm. at least more hands-on practical knowledge than like in classroom learning. So that definitely makes sense to me. Like, we'll figure it out. If, yeah. if we mess up, like, it doesn't matter because we haven't invested any money. It's just, like, our time learning. Mm -hmm. So it's good. And then have you had to deal with, like, finding an agent and the, that process? Yeah, yeah. That's been something that I 
um, you know, had to learn about and like learn how that whole process worked. And again, reading in classes and asking anyone that I knew. And um, I signed with a manager a couple of years ago um, and uh, that's my first representation. So um, she's been really great. And it's been definitely um, an interesting process. I think a lot of actors struggle with just kind of getting your foot in the door in the very beginning especially if you didn't go to like that drama school with the fancy name attached to it. And then um, it's a lot of like proving yourself and kind of like figuring out where you fit into this big puzzle of the business. But um, yeah, it's been great to like have a manager. I think like a huge wave of relief came over when that happened. It was like, okay, I'm in, I got this. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like working from there and learning that it really is like a partnership to have representation and like I have to carry my weight and she has to carry her weight and it's like a, a collaboration, um, which I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'll get an agent and then they'll do everything for me and I'll be on a TV show in a year. And that's not <laughs> at all yeah, that's, like how it works. That's how I, mean, I generally think of it too. Yeah. It's like, like you audition and like have to convince this person to represent you. So they should be doing a lot of the work and you just have to show up and perform how they say you can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think but, I heard um, a thing once. I don't know who said it, but it was um, how if they get 10%, then they're doing 10% of the work and you get 90% of the pay. So you're doing 90% of the work. And that really puts it in perspective of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I have to, I'm the performer here. So I have to still, you know, you still have to work for yourself in a lot of ways. Yeah. That, I like that quote. That's good. Straightforward and easy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you encounter any hurdles like on your path to become an actor? And then we'll talk about how you're transitioning to directing and producing, which has its own hurdles. Yes. <laughs> Um, oh, it's just all I've picked like the greatest careers. Um, everything that is difficult is what I choose to do. Um, I think it's weird because I know as an actor, there's a lot of um, typical rejection in terms of like auditioning for something and not getting the part and all of those stories that you hear about bad audition stories and all of that. I think um, the biggest hurdle for me has been projects falling through. Um, I've had quite a few times that like I've booked a feature film and it never got made and I booked an off-Broadway show and it didn't get staged and it's just kind of like those like you feel so close and you're like I got the part and then it never happens <laughs> so it's a lot of like don't hold your breath for certain projects and kind of um you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket and be like, this is going to be the project that launches my career. Um, so I think it's just like trying to learn to live in the moment has been my my thing for the past year. I'm just trying to like enjoy the process and have fun with it. So, um, yeah, I think like rejection comes in so many different ways in this business. It really does. Yeah. And every time I think that it's like, I'm like, oh, this is hard. And then it's like, it's okay. Like it'll, it won't get harder than this. And then it gets harder than that. <laughs> but, um, but so it's like reminding yourself like, okay, well, I want to do this because it makes me happy. And if I'm having fun doing it, then it's worth it. I used to get like, so 
so I used to feel so hurt when I would apply for jobs after graduating that were like entry level and wouldn't hear anything or would get rejections. And at, at first I was like, this is just like soul crushing. It's not even 1% of what I apply for that works out. And now I'm like, well, if they reject me, at least they looked at my application. So I yeah. guess it's a <laughs> slightly different perspective because now I know more people in the industry. It doesn't feel as hopeless. Like mm-hmm. you have other people to commiserate with and they understand like, yeah, probably less than 10% of all the things we apply for are even looked at. Yeah. So, yeah. I think okay. silence is like the worst thing. It's like a rejection. You don't even get the full rejection. Like sometimes right. like if you just tell me no, then, mm-hmm. then I get like the satisfaction of the no, um, which is a weird thing to say, but. Right. But yeah. at least you, you <laughs> saw what I submitted and decided it wasn't for me instead of just like, I'm not even going to bother looking. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's a one degree difference or something. And then it's like, was I rejected or did you just not see it? And then I right. send it to you. Oh, <laughs> yes. And for them to be like, yeah, we got it. <laughs> like, oh, this girl emailed us like six times. <laughs> and so now I think it was last year that your short film came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been transitioning to, you wrote that and directed and produced it? Yes. Um, that was very much a, like, I need to create my own work kind of thing. And, um, the idea came to me and it was, it seemed like a doable film and it was short, one location, two actors. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going to try this. Um, so it actually came at the end of 2018, um, at the Big Apple Film Festival. Um, it's my short film called Fine. Um, and... Yeah, it's a short drama sci-fi about um, a woman who's talking to her therapist and they kind of uh, find some similarities between them that are pretty unexpected um, and there's a twist. So it's hard to like say the plot without right. giving it away. But it's a yeah, sci-fi. Spoilers. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a science fiction film and that's kind of part of the twist. But um, but yeah, it's it was something that um came to me it's very like mental health focused as well um so it was kind of based on my own experiences with mental health and um and the idea just kind of flowed out of me and I was like okay I want to I want to tell this story did you want to get into writing before the idea came to you or was it just kind of like inspiration struck and you're taking off with it um definitely inspiration struck and then it I just kind of rolled with it um writing is actually like my first love um so when I was a kid I wrote all the time like when I was in first grade I wrote a 10 page story in my journal and my teacher like showed it to my mom and was like she just wrote a novel in class like I don't know (laughs) Um, so writing has always been like something that I felt comfortable in Um, And then scripts, I think, like through college, making all those little short films and stuff, I kind of was always writing little scripts. So then when this idea came, it just kind of, you know, flowed out with it. And then you have to figure, how do I produce this? And who's going to be on the team? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which automatically puts you in a producer's role. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, producing was probably the hardest thing for me, I think. Um, because you kind of realize all the nuts and bolts that go into filmmaking. And then um, I think I had a sense of like, do I have every, 
everyone that I need? Like, do I need to hire more people? Because I kept it pretty small and concise. And I was like, I don't know if this is like, if I'm missing something, am I doing something wrong? And like, um, but it was definitely a learning process. And I think um, I do feel more confident if I were to produce something else next. Um, but yeah, I think the producing side was something that I was definitely not comfortable with out of everything that I've done before when it comes to like money and budgets and all that stuff. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't, yeah. I'm not a math person. So <laughs> yeah. You're like, let me do the creative parts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and like the, the technical and financial, someone else can handle it. That's how I feel too. It's like, I can produce if I need to, but it's definitely not something I, I really enjoy. Yeah. It's, it's like, a, it's the means, justify, the end justify the means, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But now that you've directed and produced and you starred in and wrote, you basically held most of like the major <laughs> roles for, for this mm-hmm. short. Now you want to continue to direct and produce or just like direct um, as you move forward? Yeah, um, so I'm definitely interested in directing. I think um, directing is is something that I want to try doing for a script that I haven't written. Um, that's something I'd be really interested in is like just wearing the director hat and not any of the other hats. Um, but then on the other side of it, I, of course, my brain has come up with a continuation to my short now. So, of course, I'm like, all right, well, I have to produce this because... Like, and I have to write it because it's something that is calling to me to tell. Um, so I think I'll wear the producer hat and the writer hat when I'm inspired to do so. <laughs> and then yeah. acting and directing is more so like things that I want to take on separately. Um, but yeah, I actually, I am expanding my short film now. Um, I have a kind of like sequel short film and then I'm kind of thinking about expanding it into a mini series. Um, oh, cool. So that's that's where I'm at. It's definitely the yeah. beginning stages, and I'm not giving myself a timeline. I'm just kind of, you know, going with the flow, especially with everything going on. But Right. Yeah, you can't yeah. be like, we're going to shoot in September when who knows yeah. what will happen in September. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of the, the projects I worked on with Jen last year, we were supposed to film it early spring, and then, of course, Corona. Oh, so no. So now we're like, <laughs> when, when will we film? Yeah, yeah. As I think most of the people in our industry, at least in New York, are going like, what is happening? Yeah, definitely. I I, um, booked a short film like the second week of March, like the day before everything was shut down. I literally (laughs) got, I got the email like, you got the part. And then like two days later, it was like, yeah, we're on hold probably indefinitely. Yeah. And I was like, cool. (laughs) <laughs> it's hard. There is something kind of frustrating. This is like backtracking to having to like write your own content so that you can produce or direct it. I think that's something that happens to a lot of independent filmmakers, like mm-hmm. myself included. I don't enjoy writing, <laughs> and but I feel like in order to do the job that I want to do, I have to do like the jobs I don't want to do mm-hmm. because, you know, when you have m- no budget to just hire writers to be like, hey, I like this story idea. Can you write something for me? And then we'll go from there. I think like this industry can be very hard to break into new roles and just kind of work on developing the skills that you want for at no cost. Like 
yeah. we take directing classes or producing classes, but those are very expensive. Mm-hmm. And you're not really sure if they're worth it. I took one and I'm like, I mean, it was helpful, but I, you know, I would have liked to have that thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> because like, I'm not sure it was worth like the actual cost. That. <laughs> right. It's like, I mean, had it grown into something else, like the instructor has resources beyond the class or like, you know, here are writers who don't want to direct like some sort of networking beyond, I think it would have been a lot more valuable, but I think that's something like independent film is has to struggle with, I guess, that we Mm -hmm. are doing so much with so little. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, it's really hard also if you are the writer of the project and then it's like, how do I get other people as excited about this idea as I am and kind of like reaching out to your network and then, you know, and also there's a whole budget thing, of course, when it comes to producing and it's like, I want to be able to pay people that deserve to be paid for their work. Um, and it's all about like finding that balance of like, who can I work with? Who can I afford? And it kind of is like a whole juggling act, which I think as an actor, it's nice. I think oftentimes I just want to get cast in things because I'm like, then I just have to show up to set and Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about any of that other stuff. Um, but when you take on like any other hat, you kind of have to, you know, worry about that and Mm -hmm. you can't just show up on the day of filming and do the fun part and forget about it. No, you have to make sure other people show up and be like, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that there are different hurdles now for you going into directing and producing or because it's still relatively new and you're still making that transition to other, um, I guess, beyond your own project? If I think it will be different than your acting hurdles, but but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I think I kind of well, I have yet to really put out feelers for doing those jobs outside of my own projects, um, but it is hard to be like, how do I get hired as a director <laughs> for something just as a director? And I think um, kind of just like letting people know, like, hey, if you wrote something and you want someone to direct it, I'm interested in that. Um, Because I think it is a lot about like the who you know, and kind of, you know, reaching out and just trying to see what you could do amongst your friends. Um, But yeah, I think like this is actually the directing thing is kind of a decision that I made kind of during quarantine with all this time that I've had to think about it. So coming out of it, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I could like shadow someone or maybe I could like, you know, just tell a couple people like, hey, I'm interested in this. Um, But it is like a little overwhelming. I think the instinct is to like go back to just writing and producing yourself because that's, you know, having control of it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, acting, I definitely feel comfortable in and I kind of, you know, know how that industry works. And um, I do have to say, I think trying to break in as a director or a producer or a writer, I feel like it's harder than acting, which might sound crazy because acting is very <laughs> so hard. But, um, but I'm like, I don't understand how you build a career on the filmmaking side. I mean, I didn't go to film school, so maybe if I did, that would make more sense to me. But um, it just seems like the industry overall and getting your foot in the door is like the biggest 
the biggest struggle. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting here as an actor, like, but all I have to do is go on auditions. <laughs> and like, you know, that feels like a lot in and of itself. And any mm-hmm. of the other jobs is just like a totally other process. Yeah, it really is. It's like, once you because I feel like acting, you have a real and um, sort of a resume that you submit. But I feel like acting, directing, producing, it's more about your work. Like, what kind of work can you show? And other below-the-line positions, like associate producing and coordinating, it's just like, what's on your resume? All right, like, you've done it enough. We trust you. But I feel like mm-hmm. the positions above that, it, it's very hard because even if your resume is perfect, it's like, oh, your sample doesn't quite fit the style that we're thinking. It's like, mm-hmm. can't you tell from my sample, though, that I can do it? <laughs> but it's funny because I think acting is also like that in a lot of ways, too, because it's um, it's a lot of like showing exactly what they want. And it's like, well, here's me in a dramatic role, but they're casting a period piece. Mm-hmm. But your dramatic role is modern day. And then they're like, I don't really see you in a period piece. <laughs> Yeah. Like you You're can't like... imagine it. <laughs> yeah. Did you need me to put on the costume? Like yeah. I don't but know then what if you put on really... a costume and someone has like a a footage on their reel of like them wearing a gown and saying the same lines, they'll be like, She's perfect for it. Right. Yeah. Because she's wearing a gown. Yeah, I feel like that's the case with like acting and directing and maybe a little bit producing, although I'm not certain. I feel like they're uh, people are more genre specific. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to know that you can produce sci-fi or produce comedy, and that's it. But definitely for directing and acting, I see things where, where I'll see like people's experiences where it, it's like you said, it's almost exactly the same, but something is off. Whether it's costumes or it's like it was a little bit darker of a dark comedy than we were expecting, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's close though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after this, you're working on your, the continuation of your short film. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell us maybe more about that or how to follow your project on social media. Yeah. Um, so my short film, I have an Instagram page and a Facebook for it. Um, it's fine.shortfilm, F-I-N-E dot shortfilm on Instagram. And then, um, on Facebook, it's fine an original short um, I may be changing the names of them because it won't be just for the short film anymore. It'll be for the mini series version. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, that's what it is. And you can go on there and find it and follow along. And I'll post any um, updates and film festival news and stuff like that there. Um, and then on my personal pages is where I also post everything. So um, on Instagram, I'm at Michelle Lulick, L-U-L-I-C. Um, and and then I have same my name on Facebook. Um, yeah, and I just kind of, I try to keep it updated and post everything as it's happening and still trying to figure it out myself as I go along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, um, so is the miniseries going to, or not the miniseries, is the short film still in the festival circuit or is it available to watch? So it's still in the festival circuit. Um, it is selected for the Hang On To Your Shorts Festival, which is supposed to be this September. Um, okay. And uh, I submitted for a couple more and deadlines kind of get pushed back. So it's at a mm-hmm. point now where I'm like, this might be in festivals through 2021 because there's festivals that have been pushed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, still waiting on a couple, but I am looking to um, continue it and have updates on production um, before the festival circuit's done. Um, I think I'm kind of holding off on releasing the short separately because I think it's going to be like episode one of the gotcha. movie series. Um, so that's been why it's been kind of really secretive. Everyone's like, <laughs> I want to see your film. And I'm like, well, I'm waiting for a lot of <laughs> Like, just be patient. I promise it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the final question I have for you is, if you were not in entertainment at all, say you did not find a love for acting when you were younger, what do you think you'd be doing instead? This question is so hard for me because I feel like <laughs> I was like a very imaginative kid and like all I ever did was like do stuff that's super creative. Um, I want to say like teacher, but I definitely would probably teach acting. So that does it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, teach like English, um, and like read Shakespeare. Um, yeah, and I'd yeah. have way too much fun casting the class and all the roles. But mm-hmm. um, I think, I don't know, I was really good at science. That's kind of like a wasted skill I think like maybe I could have been like an astronaut or something yeah and I'm and over here trying to be an actor so I can you'll play, an you'll play one on tv and you'll be like it's come full circle yeah <laughs> exactly I think like I'll be on like a medical show and you know just pretend to be a doctor instead of actually becoming a doctor yeah but <laughs> that sounds like a good compromise yeah yeah <laughs> Um, I'll put the links for your project and your social media in the description. Um, But is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover or anything like that? Um, Well, I think my uh, project for quarantine that I'm really excited about um, is I'm narrating my first audio book for Audible. Um, So that's been really exciting. And it's been a way to like stay creative and still be working behind Mm -hmm. the microphone. Right. Um, so uh, it's a science fiction um, novel. It's kind of like a sci-fi romance um, called The Rose Galaxy by Gabrielle Ramirez. And that is going to be on Audible probably in a month from now. And then I'll get some oh, wow. promo codes and yeah. I'll send them along if I get them. Um, but yeah, I think um, I definitely stay in the sci-fi realm. So this was exciting to do an audiobook that's still like my favorite genre for on camera. So um, yeah, that's been really exciting. I think audiobooks is kind of a new world for that I've seen a lot of actors doing, um, because all we really have to work with is a microphone. So (laughs) yeah, I do see a lot of ads on social media where backstage is like hiring for voiceovers. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like I see there's a lot more posts that I'm seeing of them now. Because it is like, there's a lot of limitations, but that's something you can keep doing. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of animation projects I've heard also. I heard that it seems like there's kind of a bigger push for animation because you can do that on your computer and you don't have to worry yeah. about going to set. So Yeah, that makes sense. I've been watching, like, I'm obsessed with music videos, so I, I watch the new ones that come out. And so many of them are just, like, user-submitted content, and they're very similar because it's just, like, regular people singing the lyrics to these songs and no one cares after you've seen a couple of them but some of them are starting to use like stop motion or animation and mm-hmm. you're like okay like this is uh, a nice w- like animation gives you so so many so many options so much freedom 
but mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's taken this long to embrace it. That, yeah. Like, what is the reliance on, like, self-taping when you can animate and mm-hmm. set this character in a fantastical world instead of, like, their poorly lit apartment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've even been doing little stop motion videos for fun. That's been something that I've been like doing in a really like purely fun way. I'm like, I'm definitely not a professional stop motion person. But um, but yeah, it's like I think the quarantine has forced everyone to kind of like step into their creativity and be like, Mm -hmm. how else can we tell this story? Yeah, the silver lining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always look for the positives. Yeah. (laughs) yeah I like that especially in this um yeah right yes which is soul crushing but (laughs) but we love it (laughs) we do we love like we're laughing about it being soul crushing so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) um well thank you for joining uh us for the first interview segment hopefully people dig it and we'll get an idea of like how they can start in the industry if they're interested to do so or you know explore different roles yeah but yeah keep trucking I feel like that's that's motivational to a lot of people (laughs) yeah yeah exactly just like keep going read watch videos research pick up a camera and make something yeah and networking is huge like finding like-minded people who are willing to do things on the fly at midnight Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah that that is so 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 important and I feel like it's not as easy to find as as we would think because the community is so large mm-hmm. but yet i feel like there's just a small pool of people who are willing to go yeah all right let's let's go shoot something so you gotta find yeah. those folks and when you reach out to people sometimes all you have to do is ask and you'll mm-hmm. be surprised and they're like oh of course i'll help you with that and it's like what i didn't know what? yeah I uh, if i had known i would have asked you for last help. year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like, some people are just so chill, and others will be like, how much money are you paying me? It's like, all right. Like, I feel it too. We all want to get paid, but but we're also trying to just, like, make make stuff. Mm -hmm. 